Gracia, misericordia y paz de Dios, nuestro Padre, y del Señor Jesucristo, sean con todos ustedes. Amén. The homily is based on the gospel that was just read in Matthew chapter 4. The Holy Scriptures is the book of the good news about the love of God for all humankind. This good news is summarized in a verse that we all know by heart, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. <clears throat> Jesus is the good news that comes from God for this world. What is interesting is that while Jesus was on earth, he did not receive much good news. Actually, he started his ministry immediately after receiving bad news. After Jesus was baptized and tempted by Satan in the desert, Jesus hears that John the Baptist was sent to prison. <clears throat> the most important man born from the woman, from a woman, the greatest prophet of all times, was jailed by Herod. Now John the Baptist drops out of sight. It is interesting to me that God decided to take John the Baptist out of sight in this way. John denounced Herod's adulterous relationship with his brother's wife. For this reason, he was sent to prison. God needed space for Jesus so he could start his salvation work. I wonder why God didn't send John the Baptist somewhere else. He was a greater preacher after all, a great preacher. Why didn't God retire him? So he could have some time fishing in the Sea of Galilee. Or at least give him a more dignified death. But no, he ended up beheaded because of the whim of a teenage dancer and her mother. What happened to John the Baptist was very unfair. But that's my viewpoint, and I'm only 5'8". <laughs> God is taller. He's much taller. He has much better vision than I have. He knows how to accommodate his people in the chessboard of life. God uses even the results of the actions of malicious people to make way for Jesus. Now think about this every time you are moved around in any vocation of life. When you experience changes in your life, maybe it is because God is moving some pieces around, making way for Jesus. The Lord may allow some things to happen, even evil actions against, against you or against the members of your family, so he can have a more meaningful relationship with you. So Jesus starts his ministry. 
not as somebody that is, has nothing else to do or is moved by a spontaneous idea or compulsive behavior. Now, Jesus went to the north of Galilee because of what was prophesied by Isaiah. Many times the gospel writers state that Jesus did this or that to fulfill the scriptures. This means that Jesus knew exactly what God, God's plan were. Jesus knew that he had to live and work according to that plan. Jesus knew that he had to live and work according to that plan. He didn't have a shadow of doubt about following this historic plan of salvation that was laid out by the Eternal Father. And, late, and finally, Jesus did not look for a more convenient plan of salvation. The region where Jesus started his ministry was somewhat different from the other regions of Palestine, not only geographically, but also sociologically. It was a very important crossroad used by people of all backgrounds, of different cultures, ethnicities, languages, and religious beliefs. This is why it was known as Galilee of the Gentiles. En español suena mejor porque uno puede decir Galilea de los Gentiles. Like putting them down. Galilee of the Gentiles. Isaiah said that this portion of the promised land was in darkness. Now, that doesn't mean that the other regions of Palestine were much better. Jerusalem the religious center filled with spiritual leaders was also in darkness. Remember that the powerful forces of darkness that ruled in the hearts of the Pharisees crucified the author of life, putting out the light that God has sent to the world. The strong symbolism of the last days of Jesus on earth affirms this truth. Judas handed over Jesus at night. The trial was held at night and the afternoon when the light of Jesus was snuffed out, darkness covered the earth. Darkness is everywhere, in all regions and societies. I imagine you have experienced some dark moments in your life. Some of the fears that I experienced in my childhood were were about darkness. In the dark nights, I looked for company. My older brother, somebody bigger and older than myself. When the Bible says that the people in Galilee of the Gentiles were in darkness, it means that they were afraid. They were confused and they were going through life without much direction. It is not pleasant to go through life in darkness and in fear. Many of the people in Galilee of the Gentiles didn't know the true God. They heard stories about gods from everywhere around the world, but none of them shed light over them. The immediate future looked dark, the eternal future looked even worse. How do you go through life? What are the stories that you hear 
Are these stories bringing light to your present situation and to the eternal future? Do the stories that you hear take away the fears that you have? But there is more in darkness than fears, uncertainties, and confusion. In darkness, we grow our evil thoughts, our sinful pain, plans, our wicked ideas, those things we don't want to bring to light. I have dark places. I don't want to show them to you. And I don't want to see yours. Darkness and secret things belong together. In the dark places of our heart, we store and nurture the hate, the grudge that we hold against somebody who has not been nice to us. It is in the dark places of our heart that we nurture our jealousy, our selfishness, and our arrogance. St. Paul expounds on the darkness in this way. I won't read Romans chapter 3 here, just selected verses. We are all under the power of sin, as it is written. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned around, away. They have together become worthless. There is no one that does good, not even one. It is because you and I are, are, are included in this description that Jesus shows up and says, I am the light of the world. And Jesus started his ministry in Galilee of the Gentiles by saying, repent. And I know here in this holy place, I mean this high house of studies, you may find a great way to translate methanoia. But let me paraphrase Jesus. Repent. Get real, people. Get a life. Stop living in denial. I believe this is what happens to us. We live in denial. We prefer not to think about some things and, to, and we postpone some things for later, thinking that we may have time later to take care of them. Jesus' message is radical. Get real. Repent. When Jesus comes to our lives, he reveals, he reveals who we actually are. That's what the light does. It reveals. We see ourselves differently. We see our misery and we fall at Jesus' feet. But the light of Jesus does something else. It drives away the darkness that confuses us and it takes away our fears. Jesus takes care of the darkness where our evil thoughts germinate. The light of Jesus shows us a new way. Now we know where we are walking and where we are going. Jesus' death and resurrection brought us the forgiveness of sins and with it a new way of life. Now, we see who we really are. There is, no there is no more confusion now, no more living in denial. 
Now I see myself as a child of God, and I see you as children of God, and I see many out there that are still in darkness and haven't seen the light yet. Now it makes sense what Jesus says in the Sermon of the Mountain, one chapter later in, in the Gospel of Matthew. You are the light of the world. Is there anyone around you that is confused and disoriented? Shine, shine. You will see miracles. Que el amor de Dios, Padre, y la gracia del Señor Jesús y la comunión del Espíritu Santo sea con todos ustedes. Amén.